You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a What A Night. We've got an all-star lineup for you today. Jude Summerfield, Sean Walsh, Hunter Godson and Evening Standards Finest Dan Kilpatrick joining me on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, lads. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hello. 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 Fun, fun, fun. What it's, up? It's, it's, it's a really weird one coming into this because we're recording this at the time where Spurs have just had a rough result at the weekend. They're going in to play Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, but then they also have probably one of the biggest games in recent history in the Europa League because we need to get through that playoff game. Then got Man United at the weekend. It doesn't really let up much, does it? And you, um, you hear Mourinho. Mourinho's talked about this a lot before, Sean. He's talked about the idea of kind of fixture clash and insane schedules. But this one feels genuinely unfair now, doesn't it? This feels like the old glitch on FIFA career mode or football manager where you're playing a million games in a week because <laughs> the schedule has no idea how to fit them in. This is what it is. And we're the unfortunate guinea pigs in this situation. And it's really kind of horrible. And I know... Is this worse than Wolves? Is this worse than Wolves last year? It is, isn't it? Yeah, it must be, yeah. Like, they started in July, but they're only playing like two games a week. They weren't playing three in three or four in like seven eight days like this is beyond ludicrous mm. it will be it'll be four games in seven days it's just mental and, and eric dyer made the point about footballers welfare and it got sort of almost poo-pooed a bit um by people which i thought was bizarre he's a but the thing is with uh, people people who just have such a low tolerance to hearing footballers saying it's hard to play football uh, especially during a pandemic even though they have an absolute right to, and he's absolutely spot on, people just, I think the tolerance is even lower now than it was even a year ago because people are like, well, look at me, I'm living on, you know, the edge of death as the rest of us are. And yeah, I mean, it's, it is ridiculous that the whole uh, four, four games in seven days, like you said, Hainsey, is just no football team should should have to do that because it, it doesn't make for great watching because I imagine either I mean it will be tonight when it against Chelsea that we'll see a team that Jose Mourinho probably isn't happy with and 
hasn't coached in any sort of, especially not against a, a Chelsea side who who can put out a very decent squad tonight. Um, so yeah, and I know exactly what you mean. Is there's, there's a difference between training and like meaningful sessions where you actually prepare for a game and you're, mm. you're lining up for the team that you think that you might face. Um, so let's break it down: good, bad, ugly, beautiful. Let's go from the weekend then with the good bits. Jude, I'll let you go first because there was a lot of good stuff at the weekend. Yeah, it was a really uh, it was a really good first half performance, wasn't it? Um, they were really really sharp. Got that early goal um, that. They never usually threaten, but they got it there, and they looked—they did look really sharp. And Sonny could have had a few. Um, I thought Hoiberg and Winks actually looked steady as a midfield pair as well, which I haven't thought like at all so far this season. Um, and then, yeah, that was that was the good, wasn't it? That first half performance, and then. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody else can break the rest down. <laughs> the other thing, there was there was a lot of chances as well. Like I'm 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 really I really took a lot of energy from the fact that we sort of flew out of the blocks and we penned Newcastle in and weren't letting them out. Like I I really got a lot of enjoyment from that. I don't know whether that was something Dan that you sort of uh, that you were enjoying in the first half or whether you had the same old doom that we all have being a Spurs fan that if you don't score more than one. Well, I definitely had the doom. I tweeted at 1-0. It's all going so well that everyone at home must be feeling absolutely awful at the moment. It um, was not a kind of prediction I expected to uh, be fulfilled so spectacularly. But, yeah, I mean, I think it wasn't it wasn't an unbelievable performance. I mean, let's be clear. But in the circumstances we've just discussed, I thought it was about as good as Spurs could have hoped for, really. I mean, they, they could have easily been out of sight at half-time. They could have easily been out of sight on the hour. Uh, and they created more than enough to score three or four and never really looked in any danger defensively. So I think, I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to what happened at the end. But I mean, again, it's something I tweeted is that as a reporter, when you when something like that happens, when a team has loads of chances and then concedes a late goal or, or throws away a victory you kind of feel obliged to say oh well they they had it coming they were too profligate they were too wasteful but I just didn't really feel like that in this case I mean I said it because it was objectively true they were punished for being wasteful but it just didn't feel like a game that Spurs kind of deserved to get Mm. punished for Um, it didn't feel like they were the kind of architects of their own downfall in any way it just felt like they were obviously undone by a really rotten rule um, that that we'll come on to (laughs) that made it all the more galling didn't it Hunter it was was all the more difficult to take because it didn't feel like strategically we'd done too much wrong no I have to say I thought Newcastle were absolutely dreadful for for 90 (laughs) minutes I I think that that helped us definitely look, look better um, we we transitioned the ball much faster. I thought Hoiberg actually had a much better game at moving the ball forward. I thought the Celso was excellent in sort of knit, knitting the front players together. Um, yeah, you know, I remember a lot of these games under under Pochettino in those first couple of years where we dominate and go one nil up and then concede late on because people said we were soft centred and and you always felt like that was the case. But like Dan said, it we. We at no point were threatened by them. And although they brought Andy Carroll on to sort of bash around up front and that's exactly what he did, we haven't been we haven't even been caught by a sloppy goal. We've been caught by a sloppy rule. And um 
Yeah, I, th- I think there's plenty of good things to take. I think they were playing in a, a you know a deep block, and we managed to pull them open five, six, seven times. So I think that really has to be seen as a progress under Mourinho. Although let's not get too carried away, because as I said, Newcastle now have more points than they have shots on target. So. <laughs> absolutely mental Um, let's let's come on to the bag because I feel like we're skirting around it at the moment and it it is undeniably one of the worst decisions that I've ever seen live it was just incredible actually and before we get too far into it Dan maybe you could describe what it was like in the stadium because there it felt to me like there was an air of just complete disbelief when when the players had got to the other end and they sort of slowly trudged back for a penalty that they knew was nonsensical. Yeah, there was there was a kind of really grim sense of inevitability as soon as it became yeah. the the ref started reviewing it. You just knew what was coming, and there was a kind of brief re- reprieve where you're like maybe a Newcastle player was offside there and they were checking that, and then as soon as he went to the monitors. I just knew that it was going to be a handball because you you don't check the offsides on the monitors, so you knew that he was having a look at the the handball. So yeah, I would say a kind of grim sense of inevitability and, and a sense of disbelief. And obviously, Mourinho stormed straight down the tunnel as soon as it was given, so um, didn't even stay for for the penalty. Um, and and I think you know it, it takes a a really quite absurd rule to, to unite football in sympathy with Jose Mourinho, but that's pretty much what happened. And I, and I did really feel for him. Um, yeah, it, it was... You could imagine the reaction if there was a, the crowd there. It would have been extremely hostile and sour, but also, as you said, a kind of element of sort of stunned silence, I think, mm. from, from many people. Um and look, it's not so much the rule, it's, it's VAR, isn't it? I mean, VAR has forced football to come up with a objective um, call on handball because it used to be such a subjective decision-making process where you could say, well, that looked like one or, you yeah. know... You know you, as, as my colleague um, Charlie Eccleshare said on Twitter afterwards, which is the best kind of assessment of it, I think, you used to sort of know them when you saw them. Yeah. And that's you know, no longer possible with VAR. You know, it has to be a definitive... Um, kind of rule at either end of the pitch and unfortunately the defensive handball rule is is just absurd and it's going to it's going to lead to just a, obviously a record amount of penalties and we've already had a record amount given the number of games how many have we had does anyone know we're um, on course for yeah, something like over 300 or something like that i think and, but like so they're saying that they want us to be in line with uh, the rest of europe right but i was reading that spain only had something like 60 or and italy had something around around maybe 50 last year so i think italy were like the worst but we but we took ages to implement this rule so it's like it's hitting us hard now because right. we hadn't implemented it the way that everyone else had i think that's the problem with it, yeah. it like everywhere else has already dealt with this kind of complete kind of bollocks rule already but we're we're getting it now really hard and in these first few weeks of the season it's mm. really annoying full force there does seem to be some chat about the idea that maybe the premier league will uh will just push back and say that listen this is just chaos but i'm not sure but that, that you know that would be classic spurs they, they changed the the handball after Sissoko and then they changed it again after Lucas Moura at Sheffield United. I mean, it would be, we should do a whole podcast on it if they change that rule again. We're, yeah, we're literally down the mine. We're the canary, the dead canary at the bottom yeah. of the mine. Yeah. Now. <laughs> just incredible, isn't it? And particularly just the manner of then like, seeing Steve Bruce 
go from basically at Spurs now. Um, I don't know whether you see it on Match of the Day, but they've lined up all of the host broadcasters. So all the broadcasters in all the different countries obviously have access to a player and the manager at the end of the game. And you line them up. So you have Sky next to BT, next to BBC, next to BN Sports, Star Sports, all of these different ones, maybe 10 in a row. And Steve Bruce basically just went along the line, slagging off the rules <laughs> one by one. And he literally drifted across. And you hear him do the same, or slightly different versions of the same thing 10 times. You oh. think, God, when you've got the opposition manager sitting there saying this is absolutely nonsense and they didn't deserve to get anything from the game, it makes it all the more difficult to take. And I think I'd, I'd like to raise with the ugly as well um, the fact that a big part of why we were so good in the first half was and over the course of the last few games was was sunny and then now i don't know any more than the new guys i'm assuming but it looks as though he's going to miss a few games with a hamstring injury like we just can't like i'm not sure how we're supposed to compete when we're losing big player after big player after big player just because of volume of games right the the worst i think yeah those those hamstring injuries are always they worry me the most because they always seem to be reoccurring and you hear it from professional players that when you get one hamstring injury there's probably two or three around the corner and also it can affect your pace quite dramatically so I'm hoping that it's just a a strain rather than a a tear or something worse Um, we've got an international break coming up which does help you know a couple of weeks of recovery could could be huge but yeah this week especially it does feel like you know this early on in the season and we could you know, touch wood, we're not, but we could be out of the Europa League, we could be out of the um, League Cup, and then you've only got the FA Cup and the Premier League to sort of um, hang your hat on, and we, we aren't going to win the Premier League, lads, sorry to tell you today. <laughs> um, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is difficult, isn't it, when you consider how much uh, emphasis has been placed on the idea of Mourinho needing to win a trophy and like this thing seems to be following us around that I didn't feel a few years ago about like, well, Spurs don't win trophies. It was like under Pochettino, even though that was kind of an echo, it was never really, there was always, it felt like there was a bigger plan. Whereas now it feels like it's been very much brought into focus that Spurs must win a trophy this season. And then you look at the Carabao Cup, we go out tonight, you're left with Europa League, so long as we get through on Thursday and, and the FA Cup. It just feels like our options are a little bit limited, Shawnee. Yeah, and the way that I'm starting to feel it now is that maybe this week, because the international break is after, maybe it's just about damage limitations. If Can we get like a respectable loss against Chelsea playing a lot of youngsters? Can we just scrape past Maccabee Haifa? Can we go to Al Trafford and be competitive there? Can we get nick a result? But yeah, the squad seems a little bit smaller than before because I think I said it a couple of weeks ago that we loaned out the youngsters we probably could have used a lot this season with the Europa League and everything and like we said with Sonny like, Sonny you're not usually someone who gets injured like that like I think since his first season his only injury has been when he fractured his arm last year mm. so you're wondering who else could these injuries come for we, we, we talked about the impact of hamstring injuries are we going to see um, Kane pull up again if Delhi, if he plays, he's so stiff nowadays, is he going to pull up again? Will that make him unsellable in the window if Jeremy still wants to get rid of him? It's really worrying. Well, Kane did tough his ankle against Newcastle. Particularly I think, with... but, like, everyone was like, oh, here we go. 
oh, don't. <laughs> yeah, when he went down at there the was... moment of, uh, I mean, we see it at least once a season <laughs> this, mm. at the moment. Yeah, the fear that strikes strikes through you when you see him holding his ankle. You're like, no, not again. It's such a it's such a deep guttural panic. Mm. Like when you when when the challenge went in, he did that same thing where he sort of sat forward, grabbed hold of, hold of his ankle with his hand and started like shaking his head, and I was like. No, <laughs> please no. Just get up, Harry. Yeah. Please get up. But, but thankfully, he got through the game. But he looked knackered by the end as well. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. That thankfully, he got through the game, and what we've got another three in in seven days, and we don't have a backup striker yet. Now, I, you know, we are clearly in the hunt for a backup striker. Now being touted as a. I mean, even just bring Ben Teke in at this point. Uh, it's been rumoured, hasn't it? Just get... I mean, I would bring in literally anyone else now just so that Harry Kane doesn't have to stand on the pitch in a league uh, in a league cup game or in a Europa League game. I mean, like, it just seems it seems insane that we haven't been able to bring in anyone in the time allotted, but we are moving into Levy time now. So maybe we'll see Milik in the next few days. I, I want to say that... Yeah. I'm, I'm... Go on. I was going to say, I think the Europa League is quite significant where that's concerned because you know, Jose was talking this week about needing the money from the Europa League. So I think get through Thursday and you guarantee yourself you know, 10 or 15 million or whatever from the group stage. And then that opens the door, I think, to A, players leaving because the worst of the congestion is, is passed and B, money coming in and, and people coming. So I do think it, it's kind of a case of just getting through this week and we might see kind of Sessegnon and, and Gedson um, and you know players who I wouldn't expect to see much more of this season and, and you know could even um, you know in Sessegnon's case go out on loan before the before the deadline. I think we'll see them this week and then we'll see maybe some some new faces when when or if Europa League qualification gets confirmed. Dan, how much do you buy into what Jose said the other day that he has to write off Chelsea? Do you believe that at all? And also, I did quite enjoy the fact that you took on the role of manager for 30 seconds the other day. <laughs> yeah, I was actually bricking it when he said to me, what would you do? I was just like, I, mean, I nearly launched a quite detailed explanation of what I would do. Um, so I wouldn't have loaned out Parrot. In the first place. I, I, quite li- I quite like Delhi as a false nine, but you haven't been playing in the last few weeks. Dan Kilpatrick left the Zoom call. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, look, jo- Josie doesn't throw games. He's, that's not in his DNA. So he, he's going to be going for it, and he will have a plan up his sleeve. But I mean, I think he was—he likes a whinge, and he was—he was laying the foundations for for a much changed team and, and kind of getting his excuses in early. Which I think, in the circumstances, I think, you know, again, it, it's a—we can all be sympathetic with Jose Mourinho for once, given. Um, the schedule so I do think it will be a much changed team I think Kane is the sort of big question really you know do you do you give him an hour and try and get him through it and then maybe give him another hour on Thursday because without Son he's more important than ever but I think we'll we'll obviously see the likes of um, Aurier, um, Lamella, Alderweireld and Dombele will probably start so it's not like he's going to totally um throw it and play kind of Harvey White um, at right back and Dennis Serkin on, on the other side. You know, he's, he's going he's gonna to be a, a team of reasonable experience and I think he'll have a plan, but um, it's probably not going to be that pretty. Mm. 
Let's uh, let's finish up with the beautiful stuff then. Oh, but Ainsley, um, just just before I just want to add into the the uh, ugly uh, Mike. The pints were on me. Ashley rubbing his little hands at, at the oh, final. Ugly. I was like, yeah, "Come on, really mate!" Ugly. Even the Newcastle fans on Twitter were losing their minds at that. To be fair, they were like, "You can't." Have you just seen the perform? Like, you know, there's bigger things at work here. But yeah, he's a uh, he stays in my ugly section most weeks. I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, he's, it's almost like an, like an asterisk against the ugly, isn't it? And then you go down to the bottom of the page and in small print, please include every week the future <laughs> yeah. reference. Good looking man. Thumb. And talking of... <laughs> Jude, you put him in the beautiful. Good looking man. <laughs> Racy bit of kit. Um, he's got plenty go of... Be- yeah. well, he's got of treadmills bit. and stuff like that. I just don't think he uses them. <laughs> Let's get on to the beautiful then. Jude's putting Mike Ashley in. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, do you know what? I'll open it to the floor. Shawnee, have you got one? And don't below. Say it. Yeah, so, yeah I, 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 it. I very much enjoyed his 15-minute cameo against Newcastle. Every every touch he had was effective. He, I don't think he put a foot wrong when he was on the pitch. He was pressing well. He was sprinting. There was one chance where I think... We had a corner and it came. It fell to Winks and Winks immediately lost possession and, and Dombley was one sprinting back down the left-hand side to win the ball back. And it seems like, obviously, he should have been playing more in the first place because he has the ability, but he is actually buying into the methods now. He's buying into this team ethic. So it's good going forward that he's part of the team and he and Mourinho have kissed and made up because he's just such a valuable asset to the squad. It, yeah, I bloody love him. <laughs> Hunter, I love the fact that we're like... We've been banging this drum for so long now, and it finally feels like it's just about seeping through, doesn't it? I I actually am now going to say I think everyone's getting a little bit overexcited. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I think it's gone the other way, and people want him to do well. And don't get me wrong, he is running more, he's covering way more ground. I've always loved what he does on the ball, but I think and let's see it. Let's see it over ten games. But yeah, the right sort of noises, the right movements. I think. I, I mean, you know, I think he's brilliant on the ball, and you know, you know that I think he should be on the pitch when when he's fit. I think he should be on the pitch every every minute. I mean, I think I think him, Hoiberg, and Lacelso is the future of a, a three man midfield for Spurs. But um, yeah, you know, that's it. yeah, he's he's yeah, brilliant. One of our one of our few players that can do that. I'd say not just not just at Tottenham, but in the Premier League, and and yeah, we just need to get him worked into the team and I think if you're being um, kind of generous to Mourinho I guess that's what he's looking for looking to do with Delhi. that's the idea you know you, you kind of freeze him out and, and hope for a reaction I mean that's certainly what Mourinho is saying in public I suspect it's a little deeper than that but he's he's, he's, had, a, he's had a success story where Ndombele is concerned and I think he's hoping for or he, he's publicly saying at least that he's hoping for a kind of similar response from um, from Delhi, and he even compared the two, and, and kind of suggested that Ndombele is a lesson for Delhi uh, the other day. So, um, yeah, that that will be interesting to see. Yeah, very much so. Um, the the wait for that dream day where Bale starts alongside Sonny and Harry with Hoybella, Celso, and Ndombele looks like it's going to go on for a little bit longer, doesn't it? I can't wait for that week. When we just get, just give me twenty minutes. That's all I need. Just twenty minutes of that. Just so when I we can... lose like one nil to Burnley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I, in the game. I'm, I'm super keen to see Reg- Reguilon. Reguilon. 
I think he might start tonight. I, I, I honestly, I'm so tonight. excited about a, a bombing fullback. Um, it's, I think it's obviously the Bale thing's really blown him sort of out of the water. But I mean, I won't say too much on Ben Davis. I think he's been a brilliant uh, servant to the club, and he's. I still think defensively he can do a really good job. But just in terms of, he just isn't. He's not quick enough to get up the pitch. He he offers. Uh, an overhit cross 90% of the time and I don't think it's in his look, you've seen I think his best positions in a three uh, at the back and uh, you know we actually might see Spurs go to that with him in that in a back three which which I think makes our back line slightly more dynamic anyway um, but yeah re- Reguilon I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the team and he says he's he reckons that he's a good build for the Premier League so now it's time to get out there and see what he's got yeah, I'm excited for that one. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for, for whizzing through everything. Um, we're going to be back on Friday, where hopefully we've just seen Spurs beat Chelsea. We've just seen them beat Maccabi Haifa as well. Through to the opening knockout stages, and then we're all sitting here getting prepped, ready for us to bang out Man United as well. <laughs> but something tells me it might be a little bit more difficult than that. Um, Dan, thank you so much. Cheers, Cheers Hunter. Cheers, me, guys. Jude. Cheers, Shawnee. Cheers. Make sure you follow everyone on Twitter um, and make sure that you leave us a review as well on whatever podcast that we're using. It'll really, really help us. Thank you so much and see you next time. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.